How I Met Your Mother premiered on CBS on September 19th, 2005. Let's put 22 minutes on the clock. Pilot study with Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows. But only the pilot episode that means the first show. In case you didn't know. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study episode number 54 and episode number 5 in season 3. My name is Chris Lantin and I am your host and joining me, as always, he loves a scotch that's old enough to order its own scotch. It's Grimes. Welcome, Grimes. What's up, Chris? Hello, other friend. <laughs> I haven't introduced him yet. You broke I the know. rules. You fucking Shit. blew it. <laughs> I didn't say. <laughs> and joining us today as a special guest, he is the biggest How I Met Your Mother fan that I know. He thought we were playing laser tag tomorrow night. It's my friend Garth Watson. Welcome, Garth. Hello. Thank you for having me back on. And thank you for having me on an episode that isn't an hour-long fucking mind fuck of a episode. <laughs> Like Legion. <laughs> yes, if listeners, if we have any loyal listeners out there, um, I don't know if we have loyal listeners or if we have casual drop-bys, but if we have any loyal listeners out there, you'll know Garth from our Legion episode. Uh, yes, it was an hour long. We tried to fill that hour. It was a very confusing episode, and I think this one is much more straightforward and it helps because it is a sitcom called How I Met Your Mother. This is an episode of television directed by Pamela Fryman. Now, this is something that I did not know, but Pamela here ended up doing 196 episodes of How I Met Your Mother, Pro um. probably one of the longest tenured and most active directors for one program we've ever discussed here. Grimes, that would be a good list to uh, compile. I might assign that to you. The director who's had the, the longest tenure on a single show, that would be kind of cool. But um, can do that. Uh, Pamela did all 22 episodes of season one. So straight up, she true detective. She true detective <laughs> the shit and did all episodes of season one. Uh, her run ended at season two, episode two. So she even did the opener of season two. Uh, she also did 89 episodes of Just Shoot Me. Uh, she did episodes of Frasier, Two and a Half Men, and most recently Matt LeBlanc's Man with a Plan which yeah. I'm sure was just a smashing success for CBS. But uh, that was her most recent heavy work. I think she did like eight episodes of that. And of course, this show was created by Carter Bays, which is spelled Crater on my doc, but it is in fact Carter Bays and Craig Thomas. Uh, writers on the pilot, longtime staff writers on The Late Show with David Letterman. Last bit, composer John Swihart. And I wanted to mention him because he did the music for Napoleon Dynamite. So... I don't oh know. wow! Seem seem notable in some way. He did the score for Napoleon Dynamite, but I guess like when you think of that movie, you really think of the the songs, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. I had the whole soundtrack <laughs> just like on my iPod ready to go. Well, and they had like that <laughs> white minute. that white stripe song, and I guess I never really That's thought true. about the score, but maybe next time if I ever watch that movie again, I'll have to go back and check check to see his work. So I want to start. I want to bring you guys in on the bar. So I think we just got to do it. We got to do best TV bars. Let's hear them. Grimes, what do you have for some of your uh, your favorite TV bars? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I know you didn't do it's any okay. prior research, but I, I assume you have a collection kind of percolating. 
Well, I mean, most of the shows I like do revolve around some sort of alcohol or drugs or something. <laughs> um, I like the bars in Cheers. I mean, duh, like Cheers, the bar. It's pretty good. That kind of sets most brilliant bar name I can think set of. Set the bar pretty high. Yeah. Um, Sunny Patty's Pub. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the bar where they go in scrubs. I don't really know that it's called anything, but it gave me the confidence to order apple teenies when I go to bars. <laughs> Has that great scene with uh, JD and Dr. Cox when Dr. Does he does he quit right there or does he quit in the hospital? There's some like uh, bar scene around his quitting. Yeah, I think it was right after mm, okay, like he okay. quits or leaves. Um, you know, you, you did put me on the spot a little bit, but those are some to name a few. How about you? Uh, the one, the one here is called McLaren, so I'll toss that one out there. I'll let Garth go first. I'll just, I'll kind yeah. of, I've got some written down, so I'll kind of do the leftovers. Well, the first one that came to my mind was "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," Patty's Pub. That's probably my favorite, along with the "How I Met Your Mother" bar. I'm trying to think of other ones. Oh. uh... New Girl, that revolves yeah. around a bar a lot. New Girl has a like, good bar, and it's like a, a little different in his, in his geography. It's like a complete 360 bar, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It like goes all the way around, mm-hmm. and yeah, and they work there. And um, yeah, I can't really, really think of any other ones at this moment. Uh, Moe's, I've got Moe's written down. Oh, uh, um, yeah. I've got the Bang Bang Bar from Twin Peaks since we're kind of in the midst of the Twin Peaks revival, but that's one that doesn't have uh, great geography. Like, you never see the back or anything like that. I have the Gem Saloon from Deadwood. But basically, I want to name some of these because I want to talk about McLaren's and kind of how it's established in this pilot and if if it would be like a top five TV bar or if it, if it has enough personality for that. I don't know. What do you guys think of the bar in particular in this episode? Because it does become a huge part of the show. And I would say 50% of the scenes are set there. So just in terms of the setting, uh, the, the set decoration, uh, like I said, the geography of the bar, does it, do you feel like it has that, that required personality? Grimes, go ahead. Um, I feel like if you changed the name of it to Central Perk, it would complete the cycle of this show being an exact copy of Friends. (laughs) (laughs) So you feel like it... So that's where I'm coming at this from, Garth. I got beef from the top. Mm. Hey, Chris said I was the biggest How I Met Your Mother fan he knew. That doesn't mean I'm the biggest How I Met Your Mother fans, per se. I just don't know many people. No, it's just, um, I I think the bar is cool, but it's just their meeting place. I think it's a bar instead of a coffee shop because coffee shop was used, you know, shit like that. So you see it more as like, uh, it's simply a place to have a conversation, but the bar itself doesn't have much character. I guess guess. it lends itself to Barney's character the most because bars are often associated with, like, the pickup scene, and he's always into that. Mm. So it kind of adds to that. And then, like, you know. Garth, how how could you counter this? What what do you know about his character that, I mean, even from just watching all the episodes, I assume you you haven't built it. You can't really separate, you know, the bar from the rest of the episodes that you see. I mean, it does, they do do a pretty good job, I guess, of incorporating, like, I don't know. The characters get drunk a lot, which is <laughs> a relatable thing, I guess, for me. And so I like that aspect of it. And I like that. Yeah, the bar, a bar is a good setting, like a central location. But I can see. I mean, I remember when How I Met Your Mother first came out. I didn't watch it, and I just thought, like, oh, it's just literally just a Friends ripoff. And 
so <laughs> well it does have a little character i mean it has a nautical theme it has like <laughs> it has the yacht club sign and it has like what looks like a mermaid kind of hanging near and around the door the paintings i've, I've really tried to identify what exactly the paintings are and I've like paused it and I paused it at numerous spots in the episode and I, I can't, they're just like old Renaissance style artwork. And it, I thought it would kind of fit more in with that nautical theme or it'd be ships or something, but it looks like ancient Rome, you know, or some crap yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that, they so. just kind of found some generic artwork and put it, I don't know if there was a whole lot of thought put into. No, that, that, that aspect isn't great. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that I do, I, I still enjoy, even though I am like a non-laugh track type of guy, like I'm always going to prefer the single cam just because of movement and just elimination of the laugh track in general. But I do like that it is like a functioning set and that, you know, they have to put the stairs in because the, the actors have to come in from somewhere else to enter the scene. I do enjoy that, and that, that kind of makes me think of Cheers or makes me fond of a time where, like, the sets had to be functional. So that's kind of a nice little throwback, you know, just having it have to be something that actually works for, like, the live in front of a studio audience type of thing. Yeah, I'm also not a fan of laugh tracks, obviously. Um, but I think as far as shows with laugh tracks go, this isn't the most obnoxious. Although there is one guy in the laugh track that's like <laughs> way too into it. He's like, ah! <laughs> yeah, there, there's some obnoxious moments in the laugh track. There's one where... Uh, what's her lily comes home and she she has the handprint on her breast and somebody's like ooh, <laughs> like you know like <laughs> kind of like ho hooting and hollering and then there's another one there's like another moment where someone gets like either he's directed to get way too into it and to like give a certain emotional reaction it's just there there are those moments where it, it kind of feels old hand or old hat excuse me um in their approach to how people are oh, reacting to it i'm exhausted it was finger painting day at school and a five-year-old boy got to second base with me <laughs> wow you're cooking another question yes, i have for I you guys am. the character that you think gets the best first episode showcased here showcase here grimes who, who do you think comes out the best if this was just a solo pilot you knew nothing else about the characters who who has the best uh, opportunity to shine um i think marshall and lily have a good episode because they're not they're both like supporting cast but their thing is positive and um i just like them both the most i guess so i'm a little biased there but I mean, as far as character development, Barney is all over it. Like, this could be... You could already see, like, spinoff potential because everything he says is a catchphrase. Mm -hmm. He's cool. Like, it was, like, the revitalization of NPH after Harold and Kumar made him, like, whatever, you know, popular again. <laughs> uh, in my world, anyway, that's how he came back. And yeah, I was like, no, oh, I like definitely. it now. You know, it was, like, a positive association. Uh, so I would say any of those supporting characters. I think Ted... Like, and then one of my main gripes in general, I guess, with the show, but with him is that he's like, I don't know, he's just such a weak lead for me, but I don't know. It's, it is strange that Ted ends up being easily the most hated character on this cast, and he has the weakest arc, and he ends up being the weakest actor, and he ends up having like no opportunities after 
how i met your mother except for like little things like he tried to it seems like he tried to spin this into like a zach braff style career right or like right. He, he would he directed a movie right afterwards or he, he wrote and directed something right afterwards didn't he wasn't liberal liber- arts yeah liber- he wrote and directed that right with uh, Elizabeth Olsen, I believe. Yeah, that's like his Garden State like grab. Yeah, and it just doesn't I work. Think <laughs> that's something we've talked about too a lot. Like American shows, they let this character become hated because he whined for like nine seasons about like who you know. They just teased it so long. If they would have cut it off at season four and had the story move faster, maybe I don't know. Yeah, if like it just if, seemed like he allowed they allowed him to become hated. It's not that he was bad at acting the character or there's anything wrong with him you know yeah if, as a if, character even. if jim whines for nine seasons of the office right and, and they he, even he never like out. he never gets married and has the kid and you know has all this character progression is he an annoying character it seems like yes. they set him up for just annoyance right right it's not necessarily you know unfortunately he's gonna pay the price and have like Jason Alexander syndrome be Costanza forever, but still, I mean, he's cashing checks. He's not even good enough to get Costanza syndrome. Is well, the thing like true. he's not even yeah, like defined like, and funny enough, and like he's like putty. He's not so he, he never gets into like any. Um, I guess because uh, Jason Alexander gets Costanza syndrome because he's so good in that role. Ted's just like blah. So <laughs> and I I really do like that point too of that you made where. He's like, he becomes annoying because he's always actively trying to find the perfect person. And he's always like complaining about it and stuff. And it would be more interesting if like it's a, a decent starting off point, but then it's just like constant. And it would be more interesting if he just like kind of stopped doing that and had other things going on. And then had, it all other eventually comes around to him meeting the mother. Right. And we can talk about. I think we can talk about that development in the pilot because he's already annoying and he's yeah. already yeah, whiny. by the end of it. You're like, man, this guy, come on. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes. And we're like, I, I don't think I'd hang out with this guy. Or he'd be like the kind of guy he'd be like last on the call sheet of like, you want to go somewhere. I'm so happy for Marshall. I really am. I just couldn't imagine settling down right now. So do you think you'll ever get married? Well, maybe eventually some fall day, possibly in Central Park. Simple ceremony. We'll write our own vows band no dj people will dance i'm not gonna worry about it, Damn it. because all he's gonna do is bitch and complain and whine about not having somebody or being alone or whatever so he he does not have a good showcase garth who do you think would you agree that mph is like a um, standout character immediately nph definitely gets the biggest uh stage to kind of shine but i agree jason siegel was my favorite part but i might be biased because i really like jason siegel um mm, me too but i thought that his i thought that he was instantly uh just really naturally funny and fit into the character and worked really well as like that supporting character um but yeah i mean neil patrick harris with uh barney you can tell that he's the like the character that shines the most or you know is it's, gonna become the most popular character it's one of like the best 20 minutes of like an uh, like opening a sitcom i think i've ever seen from like a single character like i can't remember a single character coming out swinging like this hard in like the first episode of a sitcom like yeah i I would i would that would be another good list to see like what who has the best first 20 minutes of any sitcom appearance like i mean you can do 
like a current example would be like Rafi from the league, but he comes in like second season or whatever, you know, first episode, second season, right? Mm-hmm. And he comes in on fire, obviously, but they've already established a dynamic. This is like in the pilot, they have to establish the dynamic. They have to do a ton of plot, like people get engaged. People are saying, I love you. People are getting dumped. And then right. in the middle of all that, MPH is just thrown like 100 mile an hour fastballs every time he's up, you know, he's up. And that's I, I feel like that's really hard to do, especially if this was filmed in front of a studio audience like you. And he's, of course, a natural performer and everything. But like it's it's really an amazing performance. Yeah. And one of the things that I wrote down about Barney as a character is like it's like obviously his character is like douchey and it becomes kind of cringy retrospectively because of how many like bros in real life like idolized that character yes, kind of yes. took like the worst traits of that character and just like <laughs> yeah. wanted to become that but Unintended i mean the, consequences yeah but like the character itself i think is actually a good character because it's not just that douchey bro he's got like um so, like a childish nature to him and kind of i don't know there's something endearing about his character that i think makes him a good character and not just what those bros have become well he's never like aggressive you see like he takes his aggression out in like laser tag yeah therefore when he comes back he is he's not the word is not mild-mannered but he is cocky without being like over aggressive and being a jerk to his friends like he's a good friend you can tell he just wants his friends to have fun and his idea of fun is obviously much different than um, the three other characters, but he it, at his core, he wants his friends to have a good time, you know? I and think... I, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the best thing for me that comes out of this show at all is, like, the societal acceptance of Neil Patrick Harris. You know, I'll watch, like, anything he hosts. It's hilarious. Like, everything he does is so good. And because people know that, I think they take the character, like, you know, sometimes it's hard to separate the artist from the art but sometimes it's good to like okay remember it's nph the guy we all like so it forgives a little bit of like the broness and the deuciness i think i get you yeah for sure um let's uh let's let's jump into kind of the plot of the episode i don't think we've really um gone over over that quite yet we're at like 20 minutes um (laughs) so basically what happens in this episode is marshall and lily get married ted feels increasingly engaged uh, engaged, excuse me he feels increasingly alone ted does and uh during this episode he uh, runs into robin at mclaren's and has this moment where he believes he has met the one that he's going to spend the rest of his life with of course, meanwhile, there are these Barney shenanigans, but he doesn't really play into the plot in a major way. It's really Ted pursuing Robin and Marshall and Lily getting used to their engagement and celebrating their engagement and kind of like hijinks along the way. So that's really all you need to know uh, at the end of the episode. Um, oh, what does happen at the end of the episode? <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm missing. Oh, Ted tells Robin that he loves her. And uh, then she kind of gets scared away. There's another ending, though, right? I'm missing. I'm missing like the final plot point. Yeah, they uh, they bring her into so, the group, or is that the second well, episode? So, no, that's the second episode. So uh, before Ted goes and 
tells her he loves her for some they're at the bar and they're like oh you missed the sign to like kiss her and he's like all right i'm gonna go kiss her and then for some reason they all decide to go in the taxi with him to oh, robin's right. place yeah. which i right. doesn't i mean i guess because they want all, they could have just stayed back in mclaren's so you could have cut back and forth anyways um <laughs> he goes he tells her he loves her and all that and then eventually they end up back at mclaren's and they're just drinking and that's basically well he has like this big speech about how like he's not he's not upset that he said that he loved her he you know he wants to rail against like society's um oh just the inclination of society to kind of hate on like these these quick tale or these love at first sight tales or to you know to to make them seem like they're crazy, right? So he's kind of going, he's tr- kind of kind of rallying against society and believing that, yes, he feels um, non-traditional, but he thinks that his passion is something that should be admired, right? And yeah, then, uh, yeah, and then, and they, then he has... Do they kiss? To, he has another opportunity to kiss her, oh, and then yes. he doesn't, <laughs> and then they end up back at the bar, and they're like, oh, that was the sign. And, yeah, he keeps missing the sign is the kind of the yeah. running joke to actually kiss her. So let's let's uh, let's jump into some random notes here now that we kind of got the plot locked down. I did a very very poor job of doing the plot. I didn't even know the ending, but uh, I think right. I think we eventually got to it. Grimes, what are some of your random notes? Some of your favorite moments? Some things that rubbed you the wrong way? I, you're not head over heels <clears throat> for this pilot, so I'm curious as to what well, you picked out. I actually think, you know, my inclination as a hater is to just come <laughs> at everything with that mindset. But, like, my biggest, one of my biggest things, and maybe uh, Garth can shed some light here, is why is Bob Saget his older voice? Because he's already in his, like, late 20. Your voice doesn't change from age, like, 28 to 50. I feel like that well, was just, like, a pilot, um, like, gimmick. What maybe. does Saget yeah. have to do with it? I really do think it is just a gimmick. Like Saget was a star of a really popular sitcom, but yeah, it doesn't. There's no actual purpose to it when you think about it. He never appears on camera, right? No. Okay. So it's just, and then so and then at the very and then at the very end of the series, when it takes place in the year 2030, that Bob Saget is like narrating. It's just Ted. And with the same voice and stuff. So, <laughs> right. so that I always thought was weird. Um, I love Siegel. I think it's cool that like uh, this show made him an NPH stars. Like I already said, I didn't mind it. It seems like even though it was, you know, friends like that, they established some pretty good characters on the show and the pilot did a good job of like setting that up. So as far as pilots go, I would say this one's pretty good. Uh, nothing really bothered me other than the Saget thing. I, I always hate when romantic comedies or sitcoms have that like list of ideal traits in a mate, and then people will have like the same exact ones, and they're so random and obscure. I noticed they did that in this. Like, yeah, she I, I she likes go, she likes uh-huh. Ghostbusters and likes Scotch and you know right, like the whole the whole, the whole Olive Theory. Um, you know stuff like that's a little bit, eh, but it's a pilot. It's network. Um. He said, Barney says suit up six times that I counted. I was trying to count his catchphrases, but I gave up. Yeah, I piggybacking off of that, the catchphrases and all that. So my friends and I back in college, we uh, 
we would watch this during the summertime when we were uh, raging alcoholics and needed any <laughs> excuse to drink. So we would watch How I Met Your Mother and play a How I Met Your Mother drinking game. Oh, and you would like drink every time somebody said one of their catchphrases and any time he says kids or, you know, there's like a whole list. Yeah, so I, I, I kept a tally of all of the times that you would have to drink during just the pilot episodes, flashbacks or another thing. Um, you would have had to have taken a drink 53 times in the pilot episode. <laughs> so you'd be so, clinically dead by then. Uh, right, yeah. So is that like average? I mean, like, what is the average for like a How I Met Your Mother drinking game? Is it usually like in the 20s? Was this That'd just like, let's 30, throw, say, let's right? throw like all ever... our quirks at the screen at once in 20 minutes? We never kept tr- track while we were drinking. Um, we never thought to do math. Uh, but I would assume, I think it's pretty regular for like the amount of flashbacks and catch. I would say there's probably even more catchphrases and character quirks and stuff that come into play later on in the series. All right. I've got a whole bunch of notes. Um, so I'll kind of just go through them as quick as I can record setting, say the show title in the show scenario here. It's in like, I thought it'd be like the first two minutes, but I actually looked, it's like in the first 30 seconds. So nice. that's that nobody's going to beat that. Like, you're not going to cut into Mad Men and somebody's going to be like, these are Mad, mad Men. men. <laughs> you are such Mad Men right now. <laughs> I'm about to break bad, motherfucker. Uh, so I don't think we're going to break the 30 second How I Met Your Mother record. Uh, uh, the best picture in the intro, because the intro is uh, to do a little title talk here is. Uh, it's different than the usual one because the other characters haven't been introduced yet. Same music, but just pictures of Ted kind of throughout the years. And the best one is Ted surrounded by like three girls that you never see again. And I do wonder sure. if that's like a picture that Ted Radner or what's the actual guy's name? Josh. Josh, Josh I have Ted Radner here. Josh Radner. Josh I wonder if that's like a, yeah, Josh Mosby, a picture he actually had. Uh, so what I what I what I thought was pretty interesting about this episode is that in the intro, identifying Uncle Marshall, Uncle Barney, doing all these things, it was really like a confident decision. You know, it's it's not a cocky approach, but it is one that takes some stones because you have to have confidence in your approach and in your cast. Like we've seen people get replaced in sitcoms before. We see it right now with the uh, Kevin James show where his wife is getting yeah. like killed off for some reason. Like obviously they didn't get along, but like good thing no one had a fight. Like good thing like Jason Siegel and MPH didn't end up hating each other. Right, because... right. What if he Jason Siegel <laughs> comes out as like a flaming homophobe or something? <laughs> it's they so, fire like, him. They had to fire him and all of a sudden like that first episode that was in 2030 makes no sense so like they had to be very very confident that they were not going to not even like recast those characters but like introduce new people that would become very very important like it was those four no matter what because you've already established like the text of your narrative in the first two minutes also it was kind of a bold move to by the end of the show say that's how I met your aunt Robin like, right, right, because then you're stuck with that. Yeah, what, yeah, what then if it's you're one pretty season? Much like, go ahead. What, what, what if it's one season? Like, you can't introduce the mother in, in that short yeah. of a time span. Well, in season two, they introduce a character and uh, who is a love and potential love interest. And I think that I read that they were not sure if they were going to get a season three, so they had a plan uh, in set where this character mm-hmm. would be end up being the mother by the end was that uh, was, if, that, was that sarah be. sarah chalk from scrubs 
Uh, no, it was before that. It was I can't remember the actress that plays her, but somebody that Ted meets at a wedding, and so they did have kind of a plan. They just, had a, they had a backup. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I love the line. I'm I, I'll be the middle aged bachelor. The kids call Uncle Ted. Uh, that's of course being a line that's both funny in the moment because he's having the kids call everyone else uncle, and that's obviously a long game foreshadow moment that we won't discuss. Um. They're already utilizing the we dressed and looked funnier in our youth gag uh, that they would use with Marshall a ton. That's also used quite a bit on New Girls, so that's kind of another cross with that show. Um, Barney's lessons for Ted. Lose the goatee. It doesn't go with the suit, but I don't have a suit. Get a suit. <laughs> I, I do quite like that exchange. Uh, you know? You were... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. You were, I, you were also, if I remember correctly... Not a fan of Barney suits in the show. Not a fan. They're too big, and pinstripe suits don't look good on anybody. The suits just don't fit very well. Like I assume they fit better in, you know, later. Well, episodes. it was the mid two thousands, and we weren't really yeah. rocking tight suits back then. Yeah, but he's he's like perfect for the tight suits. I assume that they this was, they correct this was that wrong. Pre- Pre Joseph Gordon Levitt, JGL, five hundred. Right, right. So. That's that might have been the turning point. That's a really good point, Garth. Uh, this this today I feel like would be a Netflix series. Um, it, I oh, mean, it's sure. it's built to be binged with those cliffhangers, even Actually, this even ending in the pilot. You think it would be Hulu series? <laughs> yeah, I think Netflix passes on this right now. <laughs> well, Handmaid's Tale and How I Met Your Mother. Well, Hulu, yeah. Hulu shows you can't really binge because Hulu shows are still weekly, aren't they? I don't know. I don't, I don't watch know, them. man. I've never watched. Them. I think I think they're weekly because we started watching that Path show that we did on Violet Study a while back, and that was <laughs> oh, definitely a weekly show. Yeah, and so it was cool. casual. Yeah, I don't think they do like a Netflix drop it all at once. This seems like a show that you would drop all at once. It seems like that Friends from College show that they just released, but ten years ago and way better. Uh, let's see what else we got. We already talked about the nautical theme. We talked about creepy Ted. Uh, the best line might be dish of olives. You had some. What up? That's a <laughs> great delivery by Barney. That was good. Uh, of course, we talked about the twist, a fun twist, a twist that works so well. They tried to replicate it in the How I Met Your Dad pilot that never went to series, which starred Greta Gerwig. John, do you know that there is a How I Met Your Dad pilot floating? I out did in the not ether? know that. That is that <laughs> yes. is quite the nugget. Like right after they ended this show, they tried to do one with indie movie queen. Greta Gerwig and it did not work I just reason. saw I think just yesterday I was on Twitter and I saw a headline from the AV clubs uh, some article about how they're still trying to get yeah that still show off the it. ground mm-hmm. yeah it's like still floating around somewhere I don't think it's never die now you know I don't think yeah. it would be with that cast but yeah uh, really cheesy shots when Robin and Ted first meet that like slow pan inwards it was almost Scrubs like in presentation but Scrubs is always ironic so they get away with that kind of stuff. Uh, I have some ratings. 10.94 million viewers, which of course would yeah. be huge today, not huge yeah. back then. Um, I believe it was a Variety article that said How I Met Your Mother and a show called Out of Practice looked okay ratings-wise. Um, they said, among new shows, NBC surfaced opened pretty well. I'm that, that show obviously did not last very long. While it was a tepid beginning for Fox Laugher Kitchen Confidential, which starred Bradley Cooper, by the way. So there you go. And um, uh, go ahead. I have just a couple more notes. Um, so the cab driver, not the first one that Barney and Lily, or 
Lillian Marshall have, but the second cab driver, Frangie, that mm-hmm. they take to Robbins and then to, uh, is back with them at the bar. He is their driver uh, throughout the series. Like that oh, wow. same cab driver, Frangie, like anytime they get in a cab or a limo or anything, it's always like this, like it's revealed that it's Frangie and they all go, Frangie. So let's, let's play a game called Dude, Is It Racist? <laughs> because they know. use the same guy. So does that mean he's interchangeable or are they helping <laughs> the dude have a role for nine years? I think they're helping the dude have a role. But of course, I just I just watched this trailer for... I don't oh know. yeah, the the uh, Sim- the Simpsons thing. Did I did I send that to you? The Apu movie. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, the the Apu one where he like just in the span of a trailer, he kind of changed my opinion on that character, yeah. and I am yeah. I'm fearful I'm going to dislike the Simpsons. Other and, thing to feel yeah. like shit about in life. Thanks, yeah. life. <laughs> Thanks, so, documentaries. <laughs> there's always the chance for that. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, though. So. Um, I, one more little note, Jennifer Love Hewitt was in the running or they wanted to cast her as Robin, but of course, since they didn't get her, they made up a nice story about how it's better that it was an unknown Kobe Smulders, considering that we are, America seeing her for the first time and Ted is also seeing her for the first time. So we kind of get, we kind of experience similar sensations, you know, obviously not now since she's been like in Avengers and shit like that, but, uh, the only person uh, that was better for was Colby Smulders. Yes, it was better for Colby Smulders, but I I do get the I do kind of get their explanation, so that was nice. Um, um kind ahead. of an interesting thing uh, in this pilot episode is like all of the characters, all of the main characters, really uh, it comes across what their character traits are and their quirks and everything, except for Robin. She is just kind of played as just the straightforward straightforward romantic interest in this pilot episode and she doesn't really like obviously later in the series she you know has all these things like she's from canada and all these different storylines but in this pilot episode she's like the only she's like the only main character that doesn't really i don't know isn't really anything other than ted's love interest you also i remember you had a good note about some shots in the bar that i think oh yeah so at the end of the episode when they're at the bar um, there's some really awkward uh, camera angles where it like, because there's like, you know how whenever there's like a main setting, there's like the standard angles that they use. But for some reason, they like cut in super close to and they like break the what's what's is it like the 180 degree rule or yeah. whatever? Yeah, they like completely break that and you like see the other side of the bar which is like the only time you see it. And I don't know. It's just really strange when you yeah, some shots pay that attention to it. Never appear again. No. Hmm. A couple script notes because the original script is out there. I'll just say one thing. They describe Barney as 32 devilish and he lives on steaks and cigars. So obviously they cast a little out um, of their initial description. I, I, do have a que- I do have a question for you guys about Neil Patrick Harris. Sure. Do we do we think he has like another gear? Because he's in obviously he has this groundbreaking role, not groundbreaking, but super memorable. And he gets like the Harold and Kumar stuff and he gets some other TV projects like variety shows. But really the thing that I was most interested in him, um, the project I was I was most interested in him was Gone Girl. 
and just kind of what he did with that creep role. So I don't know. Where would you guys want to see Neil Patrick Harris go from here? Because he has a lot of talent, but I don't feel like we've got like a film project that really utilizes him in the right way. He was in that Lemony Snicket series of unfortunate events on Netflix, which I haven't seen, but he, it seems like he plays a pretty like crazy character on that. That's different than he he plays the Jim Carrey character and he's like very theatrical and yeah, my my wife's been watching it. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think his other gear might be like theater and live stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. it might not be film. It might be, uh, a return to the stage because everyone talks about him in Hedwig and the Angry Inch and how that role, like he was so amazing at it and stuff like Lemony Snicket. I forgot he did. Like I bought him in that role in Gone Girl. I remember thinking like, oh, he did that. That's cool. But I forgot all about it until you just mentioned it. I think he could do a good job of getting some like creepier roles in like, uh, I don't know, just like more thrillers and stuff like that. Yeah, he kind of just... reminds me of, like, obviously he's not a Robin Williams type, but his performance in Gone Girl kind of did remind me of, like, Robin Williams in One Hour Photo. Oh, yeah, and, and then the other weird one with Al Pacino. Insomnia, yeah, the Christopher <laughs> yeah. Nolan one. So, he, I, I don't know, he might have, like, that villain gear. I'm or, thinking, like, a... He's just blessed with talent. It's like, what do you feel like doing? And then he seems to do it, and then he does well, <laughs> yeah. you know? And he just likes thinking... comedy. I'm thinking right. he needs to be either in a Darren Aronofsky movie or a David Lynch movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he would be really good with Lynch. That's a really good yeah. call. He could be he, – he's, he's got like a gear of strange that I don't think we've tapped into yet. He's kind of yeah, like – maybe he's strange like, more than like brutal. He's kind of like in mm-hmm. the Kyle MacLachlan like mold and that he's clearly funny, but he also can – Maybe a weirdo too. <laughs> yeah, he, he, can, he can play a straight-up weirdo, a guy with a dark side. Okay, so some reviews to close us out here. Variety said, Now and again, a sitcom comes along and undermines all the forms broken, hand-wringing about multi-camera and couch comedy. Having managed that trick two years ago with Two and a Half Men, they're giving a lot of praise to Two and a Half Men. But I suppose it was, suppose it was kind of groundbreaking and that it was a little dirtier and everything. Uh, CBS does it again with this bright, cleverly constructed half hour that features a top-notch cast and a sly, too-good-to-give-away twist. It's not often that a pilot has the polished feel of a show that's been around for a while, but How I Met Your Mother should be a solid bridge between King of Queens and the aforementioned men. And it's funny even putting those three in the category because How I Met Your Mother is going to be looked back looked back on so much more fondly than either of those other two. And yeah. uh, they also say the major breakthrough here, though, is Neil Patrick Harris. And, of course, in parentheses, they put Dougie with an exclamation point. Or, no, sorry, Doogie. 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 <laughs> I've got mm. Dougie in the mind from Twin Peaks. As Ted's <laughs> peculiar friend, Barney, who delights in wearing suits and fixates on strange trends such as the hotness of Lebanese girls who have somehow supplanted half-Asian girls on the hot scorecard. So they loved it. Um, I agree with them. I thought, you know, I think it's it's a nice um, derivation of the, of the sitcom formula. I'm glad we watched it and had a chance to discuss it. So, Me too. Uh, John, are you going to now binge How I Met Your Mother? That's the question we'll end on. <laughs> I will not because I've been uh, blessed enough to catch it quite often in syndication reruns of various people I hang out with. So Yeah, I think I'd agree. I'm I'm not going to binge it, but I've seen a lot of the episodes anyways. Uh, That's it for Pilot Study Episode 54. Uh, Of course, we apologize for the uh, gap between the last episodes. Uh, We promise it's back on track, and we've got a good one for you next time. It's a Netflix series. It's based off one of my favorite movies of all time. 
And while we're just going to play the clip and let you get excited. Thank you, Garth. Thank you, Grimes, for joining me today. And uh, keep listening. Thanks, Garth. Thank you. No, wait, wait, Nancy, you have not washed your hands yet. No, you have not. Hey, everyone, this is our nanny, Renata. Hi. It's just for the weekend. Susie! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you have a freaking baby. Hey, um, I don't know if you noticed, but I... I did. Did it fix your deviated septum? It did. That's all that matters. Oh, you look amazing. Thanks. Even better than before. Really? Yeah. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Oh, bummer.